Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Spilling Labrador Tea Under Cedar Trees. I'm Kate. And I'm Madeline. Thank you for tuning in to us. Uh, this is a trigger warning. We all be talking about residential school. So if you are somebody who doesn't want to listen to this, I completely understand. Uh, if you're an indigenous person, you're tired about hearing a residential school, hit the next button. And that's completely fine. If you are a non-Indigenous person, listen up. <laughs> you shouldn't be hitting next. <laughs> that's all I can say. Uh, yeah, so in light of the news, uh, we thought it would be ideal to do an episode on residential schools, uh, everything that's occurring right now, some context, historical mm-hmm. context, uh, our run-ins with well we didn't go to residential school thankfully um but we have we know people um it's obviously impacted our lives so we're just gonna we're just gonna get into it yeah we are and uh we're gonna talk about our feelings and what i have been feeling for the last couple weeks with all the news that's coming out um how we've been very fortunate to just love and support others um through their grief and walk through our own grief as well yeah so on May 27th of uh, this year, obviously, uh, there was uh, big news about uh, Campbell Loops, British Columbia, and the residential school that resided there on Shaquemek, uh territory um, about the 215 remains of Indigenous children that were found on the grounds of the old residential school. Mm-hmm. Uh, it broke news um and i I think it it broke canada really Mm -hmm. um so we're gonna get into what's occurred since then so the camloose residential school was in operation um until 1969 and they just now have uncovered these remains right and that uh the elders and survivors knew yeah the children were there Mm -hmm. and it's very sad that it's taken this long for elders and survivors to have been acknowledged um in their knowing of this information and Mm -hmm. finally acting upon it yeah it's not fair it's not right um a lot of communities have a lot of survivors and elders that know where lots of children are buried Mm -hmm. and i don't understand this um prolonged process it takes to you know take these children home and honor them and Mm -hmm. honor their families um and just so injustice no 110 percent. and since that um new news like the breaking of the news uh there's been more and more remains found at various different uh residential schools so in brandon manitoba there was 104 remains found uh in regina saskatchewan there was 38 remains found in least least stock saskatchewan there was 35 remains and it's even getting into the states now where they're starting to look at their old residential school Mm -hmm. grounds and looking for remains so in carlisle pennsylvania there was 180 remains found um and it's just it's devastating like we already knew these things that uh, like had occurred and it's lived with us but just like 
it's coming up again. So it's just another blow Mm -hmm. that is just, it's wreaking havoc on our communities. Yeah. Being constantly re-traumatized over and over and over again. And uh, just tiring. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So to give some context to those who don't know a lot about it, uh, the residential school operations began in 1883, and they ran until the last was closed in Saskatchewan in 1996. So that's 150 years of just awful things that have occurred to Indigenous children and families. Mm -hmm. Uh, About 100 this is like a rough estimate about 150,000 children attended, uh, within those 150 years. And (laughs) this is where it gets (laughs) crazy is that we have different numbers. We don't have exact numbers, but Mm -hmm. one, um, statistic that we found said 4,100, uh, indigenous children died from illness or accidents within, uh, residential schools. Um, but I have another book that said that about 6,000 children passed away from, illness or accidents which i say in quotations um so it's just it's a hard to hear when like numbers aren't even exact depending on who you talk to yeah yeah and i mean children don't really die by accident no either and uh i just can't believe just the inaccuracy of it Mm -hmm. And, um, I was saying this to you and probably my sister of like, I'm very tired of like the whitewashing of, um, numbers relating to indigenous people, like data on indigenous people. When you look at the TRC and you see the discrepancy in numbers of children that have been lost, and then you look at, uh, replacing power in place for the missing and murdered indigenous women, girls, and gender diverse folks, uh, that number is like around 2k but again you go back and listen to nations and communities talking about their loved ones and we know that number is a lot higher so I don't quite understand why we are beating around the bush mm-hmm. why are we downplaying what has been going on mm-hmm. and what continues to go on um, but also I do understand though too it's like folks want to stay in power and uh, continue the colonial state mm-hmm. no yeah. And the cat, like in all the churches, cause it's not just a Catholic church. Mm-hmm. There's the Presbyterian church. There's the Anglican church. Mm-hmm. Like there was many churches that were involved, obviously Catholic, like the Catholic church was like the predominant one that was involved in, um, running the residential school programs. They, they don't want to own up to it. They don't want to take that on, um, their shoulders, even though <laughs> they were very much the ones that, helped to enforce the removal of children from their uh, families and homes and and uh, prevented them from, you know, speaking and learning their language and their cultures. And then all of the abuse, whether that was uh, sexual, physical, verbal, emotional mm-hmm. um, abuse that occurred throughout the times that the children were there. Some children had great experiences, but more often than not, it was atrocious. And that is why we have like systemic intergenerational trauma that is occurring still Mm -hmm. uh, that people don't fully understand because they don't understand the history of uh, colonization and how residential schools played a major role in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just um, 
we've seen like lots of folks wear orange and that's been very powerful Mm -hmm. and that means a lot to us um however it goes more than just wearing orange it's um how you walk on these lands and um how are you accountable to the territories that you occupy and uh i was saying to probably again my sister (laughs) (laughs) of uh i had a lot of anger after the news broke a lot of anger a lot of sadness and i went into that role of an educator and then um stifling my own grief just to get through the week really Mm -hmm. But um, I follow all different kinds of folks on my Instagram. Some are friends, some are influencers and whatever. And I was scrolling through and I was just like, wow, I am so tired of seeing non-Indigenous people like benefit from land. Because like apparently that week, like everybody went hiking. Yeah. And I was just like, no, like you should absolutely stop what you're doing and watch the news and then like reflect on your own place and privilege and um what are you gonna do with that yeah right going hiking and posting about it when like people have lost aunties uncles cousins Mm -hmm. children like i think it was just so inappropriate and it's just like can't people just like read a room (laughs) honestly and uh just performative allyship is just hurtful and exhausting mm-hmm. and that's not even just at the community level either mm-hmm. there's also those, like government level as well mm-hmm. like woo half mass that's what we're doing right now just putting the flags at half mass that's our that's our big move for this like discovery that's like putting true canadian history into light like no that's 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 a very small gesture yeah compared to what has occurred i mean even like the fact that like they're finally just starting to put like take part in the trc and starting to actually like take the initiative to put some of the acts that have been asked for Mm -hmm. into i guess legislation Mm -hmm. or whatever but yeah so you know are you gonna put your traditional name on your passport now (laughs) right um I don't even know what it means to, like, have mass the flag, you know? And I don't think a lot of people do. Or pay attention, mm-hmm. you know? Like, um, I don't see that as a a game changer or anything that's going to um, create transformative change. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, again, it's just a very performative act. And uh, I understand that... There's different steps, mm-hmm. people in different places in their journey. Yeah. Um, but I challenge people, though, and I invite them to, like, dig a little deeper mm-hmm. and to be, like, really honest with yourself and uh, just accountability. Yeah. Like, flags at half mass, I mean, like, thank you. But that's almost the same as saying, like, thoughts and prayers. And you're like, okay, yeah. like, that can only take you so far. It may start a conversation. Mm-hmm. But if you don't provide the information for people to actually look into to fully understand what they're trying to learn about, 
it's it's not going to go very far. And it ends up falling back on our shoulders to have mm-hmm. to be able to educate those around us. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to do a lot of that at work. And it was, it was really, really hard. Um, and it was very exhausting. It was, it took a, a fairly big toll on my, um, not only like my emotional, but also like my physical, mm-hmm. like health and things. Uh, just being like able to like I basically had to not I didn't have to force the company's hand to be able to put out a statement but I had to provide information for them to be able to properly Mm -hmm. put out a statement I was like it was thoughtful that they wanted an indigenous perspective on the statement that they were going to provide but it was kind of disheartening that it took them until I was like hey I'm here's my statement where's yours yeah and then I I wanted the staff at my own center to be more educated about what was going on because I heard a lot of communication that like people didn't understand what was occurring and how significant this is and like how embedded this is in Canadian history and like the history of colonization. Uh, so it, it basically fell on my shoulders again to have to try to provide resources. And I feel like that's just... That's how we're so far behind is that people are not motivated Mm -hmm. to understand and to do the research themselves. They can ask me for resources, but I shouldn't have to be able, I shouldn't have to lay it out for them, for them to understand. It's, It's just, it's damaging to me to have to have to rehash that over and over again. Mm -hmm. I should only have to say it once and then people pass it along. Mm -hmm. Me. No, 100%. Um, there's like that saying of like, I shouldn't have to set myself on fire to keep others warm. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I feel like we keep doing. Um, yeah, it's been interesting to see who steps up to the plate, mm-hmm. to sp- so to speak. Um, I think this is a time really interestingly to evaluate like our relationships um, people of our lot in our lives and like how they do hold us up in times like this because mm-hmm. uh, this is not the first time it's not going to be the last time no so really taking account of like who's in your circle and um, how are they how are they like help or supporting you or listening mm-hmm. to you or advocating and doing that learning of decolonization yeah. you know and reconciliation because reconciliation just isn't for indigenous people no we've done a lot of work <laughs> folks need to meet us halfway yeah. and um i'm very thankful for where i get to work that um we didn't have to bear that brunt mm-hmm. our non-indigenous um colleagues stepped up and uh did a lot of educating on bar our behalf yeah. so we can have time to process and grieve and hold each other up as indigenous staff that being said i have been witness to and experienced um unfortunately the opposite so within my practicum placement an organization that's all about rights uh has yet to release a statement which is very disheartening um my, the school that I go to 
the school as a whole did, but my program itself did not. Mm-hmm. And only two teachers have spoke about it. Yeah. And you kind of go, this is supposed to be a justice studies. And this is pre-law and we're not talking about this. Yeah. This is literally genocide. Mm-hmm. What are we doing? Right. What's the point? <laughs> um, so it's been very interesting and a little sad and aggravating to see how much work we still have left to do. Yeah. Like I'm 25. I'm getting tired. I have one gray hair. <laughs> Just one? Yeah. Aren't you lucky? Yeah. <laughs> I'm younger than you and I have more. Right? So at the end of the day, like folks, you know how to Google. Yeah. Yeah. I'm literally... And I mean, hey, I'll provide you with like three resources right now. Um, I just, I pulled three random books out of the bookshelf at random um, that I have that talk about um, residential schools and the impact of colonization. One of them even just straight up calls a genocide. Like we're, <laughs> we're on it. Yeah. Um, I'll start from like the hardest read to the easiest read just to save time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have J.R. Miller, which is uh, called Residential Schools and Reconciliation. Uh, Canada's Conf- uh, Canada Confronts Its History. Uh, this is a great book if you need to write a research paper. It's got a lot of articles um, and it's fairly like heavy academic. Uh, so if it's something that like you think you'll need to write a thesis paper, that's your book for you. Um, the second book I have is called, uh, Suffer the Little Children, Genocide, Indigenous Nations, and the Canadian State, um, which is by Tamara Starblanket. Um, I just started reading this one, so I don't have, like, a full thing for you on, like, what it's about, other than the back, but it is also a great resource so far. Um, it goes into a lot of detail about, um, residential schools and just, like, Canadian state in general of what it did to um, oppress indigenous peoples. And still does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's going strong. Yeah. Um, and then the last one I have is called Indig- Indigenous Rights, like as in like rights, writing something um, by Chelsea Vowell. And it's a guide to First Nations, Métis, and Inuit issues in Canada. Um, this is like a really, really easy to read book. And it covers a lot of really important um, topics and issues that pertain to in- the Indigenous peoples of Canada uh, that I think that um, it's it's really good for people who don't have a lot of knowledge about it. It kind of gives you like a taste. So you kind of get like a generalization of it, which is a start, but then she provides more articles and more readings that you can go into. Uh, so it's just, that's the, it's probably the easiest one there, but that's, that's look at that three resources right there for people to be able to look up if they want to learn more about what's occurring and what has occurred. Absolutely. There you go. Teacher Madeline. I'm on it. You are. And uh, that being said, though, teacher does have a poem she can share with us. I do. All right. So this is called I Lost My Talk, and it is by Rita Joe, who is Mi'kmaq. I lost my talk, the talk you took away when I was a little girl at Shobana Katie School. You snatched away. I speak like you. I think like you. I create like you. The scrambled ballad about my words. Two ways I talk. Both ways I say. Your way is more powerful. So gently I offer my hand and ask. 
Let me find my talk so I can teach you about me. That's a good one. That's a good one. So, folks, uh, just take care of yourself and take care of each other. And I hope that teacher Madeline and I have helped and supported your learning and understanding of what has been going on for the last couple weeks. And uh, we will do everything we can to support you and your learning and your journey. Um, yeah. Yeah. And if anyone needs like, uh, like if they need me to write out the resources or if they have any resources that they think would be helpful for other people, uh, please feel free to DM us on our Instagram page, uh, spilling lab, lab tea under cedar trees. Um, and we are more than happy to pass that along to people. And I mean, if you need any help or support, um, we are here. Uh, we're not going to do all the work for everyone, but uh, please, please feel free to contact us um, and we will do the best that we can. Thanks for listening and uh, we'll see you next time. Namaltis.